Welcome to the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Jeff, and I am your host tonight. With me tonight, I've got two of the finest fellows you will meet. Mike and Chris, they are back for a 1v1 movie quiz that may be, may be, our most serious game yet. As you know, around here, we love to uh, express our feelings about certain things we're drinking, and I would like to take the lead on that, because I just got a Christmas gift. Uh, I have got a barrel pick, single barrel. I've got a single barrel straight out of Wilderness Trail, which after some research I found is actually part of the Bourbon Trail up in Kentucky. I did not know that until I did some research. So that was good to know. Let's see how it is. I put a little bit of ice in there. Okay, not bad. Tastes young, but definitely has a very vanilla-y, caramely flavors, um, which I tend to enjoy. So shout out to the mother-in-law. That's a pretty good bottle right there. Up next, we got to hop over the uh, highway down here. Go over to Clearwater where we have Chris. Chris, how are you tonight? Jeff, my friend, I am doing good. I am on vacation, and I am feeling moderately well-rested. So I'm going to take both of these as wins. That sounds like you've won already. That being said, I do have my drums here, and I'm ready for the drum circle. So if somebody wants to bust out the acoustic guitar and the chakras, we can just keep going. Oh, wait. Different, different podcast? Never mind. Okay, okay, so I'm here to kick Mike's ass in trivia then, right? That's the goal? That's the plan. I hope so. Uh, no, so I need some help tonight, guys. Uh, I am finishing off a whiskey advent calendar from Jim Beam. So I have got four little sippers left, tasters left. Um, and there are four different ones. And I'm hoping to only drink three tonight because there is no chance in hell I am looking forward to drinking Jim Beam Fire. Keep cinnamon out of my whiskey. I don't want it. But I'm going to start off here with Jim Beam Peach. I've never actually had their peach before. Ooh. And I will start it straight with a little bit of ice. Uh, and this is in my Kentucky Bourbon Trail glasses, rocks glasses, that my wife got me for Christmas. Wow, look at that. So this is the fourth or fifth one I've had of theirs that's very, that's flavored. Um, not a huge fan of the flavoring. The flavoring is overpowering, so you don't taste the bourbon at all. Literally, it tastes like I'm drinking a peach, like almost like peach water. I always got the impression that was sort of the point <laughs> with a lot of those. Like they they do that they do that for people that don't like don't really like bourbon. Has <laughs> always been my impression. And I get that. Like I, I would prefer one that's not overpowering. Like I want the taste of peach or the taste of vanilla, um, but I still want to taste the bourbon. That's just for my sure. opinion. You're uh, more like a uh, hint of lime Tostitos guy. <laughs> no, that's disgusting. Ew. Are you kidding? Those are fantastic. No, they're not. They're disgusting. What I don't is like wrong with you? A lot. We don't have time. Oh. <laughs> We've got trivia to play, guys. That we do. And now you've heard of Mike. Mike is back. And Mike, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> so this is kind of a funny story. According to the can, I am drinking a St. Breda Citrus Saison from Crooked Stave Brewery out of Denver. But that's not actually what I'm drinking. 
I didn't realize I picked these up yesterday and I didn't realize until I got home, but what I picked up was the drip line coffee stout because it's cold weather beer, but they literally just wrapped the label around a can for a completely different (laughs) beer. What? Say, I mean, same brewery. It's still crooked stave, but they, they, I just noticed at the top, it said provincial, tropical, earthy, citrus. And I'm like, what the hell kind of weird ass coffee stout is this? And I peeled off the label. I was like, oh, okay. Is it possible? Is it possible? Like they just had that can lying around. Like we need to do this. It's, I mean, it's, it's Denver. So they were probably trying to, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle and all that kind of stuff. So, Mm. I mean, good, you're good for them for being, that might've been, they already had the can and they just wanted to not let it go to waste because they were out of the beer to fill it. But it was just really funny. I was like, what? I was really hoping until I opened it. I wasn't sure which beer I was getting. And which one did you get? No, I did get I did get the coffee stout, and it's okay. actually a very good coffee stout. Uh, you're talking about overpowering flavors. This is not that at all. The coffee is very uh, understated. It just it just uh, you know forms the uh, the base character to the beer. It's really good. And it goes down actually uh, very smooth for a coffee stout, but it's only I think five percent. Yeah, it's only five percent alcohol by volume. So. You had to pick up the label off the couch. because <laughs> <to validate laughs> well, I peeled it off because I was like, I want to see what I'm actually potentially actually drinking. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a fun game to play. Mm-hmm. Put random labels on beer cans. All right. Well, tonight we have got a very interesting game. Uh, one of the fun things that we like to do around here is oftentimes take other trivia games, trivia cards, other um, trivia items of any sort and play them. But we're going to play them in our way. So tonight, I've got six different categories of the movie quiz. And we're just going to go round by round, back and forth, until we've got a champion. And we will crown a champion. By golly. (laughs) By golly? (laughs) That sounds swell, Jeff. Jeff G. Williger. Jeff. Jeff. It's GIF, Mike. It's GIF. It's GIF. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Mark. Um, (laughs) And so no matter what, whether it's Mark or Christos, we're going to get there. And we are going to start with round one. Round one in the movie quiz, we're going to start with classics. Your first question is, which movie was initially titled $3,000? but later changed because of the movie soundtrack. Oh, God. (laughs) Damn. Well, I don't think it's Ben-Hur. Well, I appreciate you eliminating that one for me there, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I will go ahead and lock in. All right. Thank you, Chris. Mike, you're on the clock. Yeah, I mean, famous movies. I'm kind of, I'm going by the, I'm trying to go by the soundtrack thing and thinking of like famous movie soundtracks, but, or of classic movies. And I'm just, uh, I'm not coming up with anything for, 
for whatever reason, um, it was at least a somewhat famous movie score uh, that popped into my head that kind of, and it was the third in the, uh, in the trilogy of um, a fistful of dollars, a few dollars more. And then, Three thousand dollars would have made next made sense as the third title of that movie instead of what they went with, which is the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I guess I'll just lock in with the good, the bad, and the ugly. I I genuinely have no clue. All right, locking in with the good, the bad, and the ugly, Chris. Yeah, I had no idea, so I I tried to find myself a classic movie with a a, a title, a classic movie with music with a title that I couldn't place other than like it would make sense in the context of the movie. So I locked in with Singing in the Rain. But the $3,000 clue fits nowhere in there, to my knowledge. All right. Well, the original script by J.F. Lawton was called 3000. The title was changed because the executives thought it sounded like the title for a science fiction film. But the movie we were looking for was Pretty Woman. (laughs) That's in the classics category? Jeez Louise. I'm pre-80s. Not, I was in the wow, 50s. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No, that's that's a good uh, – that actually makes sense, and it's a good baseline. Okay. And, and actually, now that you say that, I do – that it, does ring a vague bell that that was the – it was originally titled $3,000. I never would have gotten my head that, that late. My head was no, back me, in the 50s me, me and the 60s, maybe the 70s. For the record, it may or may not also be a ba- good baseline. I mean, there's no telling. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it is so far neck and neck. We're moving on to question number two. <laughs> oh, that was an auspicious beginning. In the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which song does Ferris Bueller lip sync? Uh, I can lock in. All right, Mike is locked in. Chris? I have seen this movie once and I hated it. I, I, I'm not a huge John Hughes fan. We've talked about this on the show before. I'm not a huge John Hughes fan. Oh, man. It's like a quintessential 80s song, too, and that's what's pissing me off, and I have no idea what it is. I feel like we just talked about this in our recording last night, too, and that's what's pissing me off. I feel like this came up in conversation last night, but I could be way off. What's in my head right now is I ran so far away by Flock of Seagulls. Ah. That's obviously not the right answer because Ferris didn't run from anything. Um, You ever been like on like you're in the ocean and you're just waiting for a life preserver, but there's not one coming? It's kind of how I feel right now. (laughs) It's not Michael Jackson. I just don't know 80s music or that movie at all. Like, I'm, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything better. I'm going to go with Iran, even though it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> all right. And Chris locks in with Iran. Mike? So I did hesitate because he lip syncs two songs back to back during the parade. Uh, I think the one that they're focused more on him lip syncing is Dunka Shane, so that's what I locked in with. But he also lip syncs Twist and Shout. Twist and Shout's the one I couldn't think of. Dunka Shane, I never would have gotten to. Uh, the answer we were actually looking for was Twist and Shout. Yeah, I had I had a feeling because that, but I was like, but yeah, I mean the question 
clearly uh, I had, eludes but, that there's only one. So the fact that you named both of them, he, just gonna give it to the you. Point. He gets the point. <laughs> that, but that, yeah, that was why I hesitated because I was sitting here like, to me, the more correct answer is Dunk a Shane, but I bet you the answer on the card is Twist and Shout. That's why I hesitated. Yep, that's so. the one they were looking for. Good for them. Good for them. Question number three in round number one in the classics. Who directed the movie A Clockwork Orange? <laughs> I'll lock. I love the fact that uh, we take this out of Mike's hands so early in the game. Oh man. I, I knew I was gonna I knew I was gonna work in my one for cast at some point. I almost if I had a bigger lead, I would have just locked in with Alfred Hitchcock just, just to do it. But I, I, I can't. Uh, it's uh, Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. But that's what I, that's what I would have done if this came later. All right, locking in with Stanley Kubrick. Uh, Chris, what, Stan- uh, what do you think? It's Stanley Kubrick. You're right. You're right. It is ten points for the both of you. Finally on the board. We're moving on to question number four. In the classic Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, what does the traveling salesman sell? I can lock. Chris has locked in. Mike, it's on you. I want to say it's like shower curtain rings, something like that. I think it's shower curtain rings, so that's what I'll lock in with. Locking in with shower curtain rings. Chris? It's shower curtain rings, you dick. <laughs> Damn it. I wanted to make up some ground. Uh, Chris got too excited only to be let down yet again. It's prom all Points over again. Points all around. We are moving on to our fifth and final question in round one of the classics. How many Ryan brothers were there in Saving Private Ryan? Every classics movie doesn't go before 1974, apparently. Ah, uh, yeah, right. You know, you know, you're old when they're starting to starting to consider movies classics that you saw in the theater. Yeah, I, Jeff, I, I can I can lock in. All right, Mike's locked in, Chris. I, I I'm trying to get this in my head because I know it's based on the the letter and the the thing that Lincoln did during the Civil War, the mother who lost a bunch of sons fighting. uh, How many Ryan brothers were there? I'm torn between five and six. I'm going to lock in with five. Uh, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, his four brothers died, and he was the last one. Then the mother had given enough to the country that they wanted to get him back. So I'm going to lock in with five Ryan brothers. All right, he locked in with five Ryan brothers. Mike? So there's the uh, there's the Lincoln thing, but there's also the story of the Sullivan uh, brothers, that they were all in the Navy, and they were all on the same ship. Yeah. And, um, and they, and they all, so they, and they were all killed in a single attack. Uh, and there were five of them, but for some reason, I thought there were only four 
Ryan Brothers, but may I, I'm worried that I might be mistaking it. It's four plus uh, Matt Damon, but I locked in with four. To be honest, I had that as well, but it, it just didn't. I had four originally, and I'm like, that just doesn't seem like. It, it seemed like the stakes needed to be higher in the film. That's why I went right. with five, but no. Jeff, tell us why we're wrong. Oh, uh, so here's why you're wrong. Uh, the answer they're looking for here is not the answer that you gave Chris. They were looking for four. Woohoo. Okay. Cheers to that. Good job, Mike. Good job. On that note, after the first round, we have Mike doubling up Chris with 40 points to Chris's 20. Yay, drinks. <laughs> moving on to round number two. We are moving on to action. In which film would you hear the phrase, I feel the need, the need for speed? Locked in. All right, we have one locked in, Mike. Okay. <laughs> it was so cool in the 80s. Like that that like high five that they do and everything like that. And like when you watch it now, you're just like, it's a little bit cringy. But uh, no, that's definitely uh, uh, from Top Gun. All right. Mike is locked in with Top Gun. Chris? It feels like it would have fit in with Point Break as well, but it's definitely Top Gun. And we have two correct answers. Points all around. And we are moving on to question number two. What kind of insect provided the DNA for the dinosaurs in 1993's Jurassic Park? Locked in. Locked in. <laughs> I, I'm just letting Chris lock in first, I guess. Um, no, it was it was mosquitoes trapped in amber. All right. Mike thinks it's mosquitoes trapped in amber. Chris? Amber is the color of your energy. It's mosquitoes. Oh, no one. Oh, for singing 311, I feel like I shouldn't give you points. The 311 classic. All right. Points all around. Question number three in action. Which former husband of Madonna directed The Man from Uncle? Locked in. Chris has locked in again. Uh... I know I know him for his older movies, not for his newer ones. I've never seen The Man from Uncle, so I don't know that he directed it. But the only husband of Madonna, former husband of Madonna's I can think of that is also a movie director is Guy Ritchie, so I'll lock in with that. Mike locks in with Guy Ritchie. Chris? I almost had locked stocked with two smoking barrels to lock in. I didn't do that, and that's a missed opportunity. Um, but I wasn't sure if Mike knew that Guy Ritchie and Madonna were married, but no, it's definitely Guy Ritchie. And Guy Ritchie is the correct answer. Didn't he put her in one of his movies and it was apparently terrible? I didn't see it. There, Yeah, I don't think it, was, it wasn't an action movie. It was a, like a romantic film. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Which, no, it didn't work. Although, if you have not seen The Man from Uncle, that movie is actually really good. Is it? It's, okay. a, real, yeah. it's a fun movie to watch. It's a really good action movie. I just still love Snatch. Question number four in action... In the James Bond movie franchise, what does the letter Q's initial stand for? I can lock in. Mike is locked in. Chris, it's on you. I had no idea it stood for anything. Oh my god. 
does M stand for something too then? Like, what the hell? Oh, Ian Fleming is turning over in his grave thinking that someone in Florida is talking about him on a podcast and doesn't know the answer to the question. Oh, God. Uh, so there's a couple of schools of thought. One would be it doesn't stand for anything, dummy. It's just a letter. Um, and in the the secret, like in the spy world, that actually would kind of make sense. You'd want to remove all personal contact. The other part of it could be it could stand for her first name, and that's just how they identify them. Instead of going by first name, maybe they go by just the first letter, and that's how they're identified. So maybe Mike, maybe M is actually Mike. Um, it could be that she is like the, don't make me do numbers here, but you know whatever number person to have that position, and the first one that had it was A, and now she's Q. Um, or it could be she's like a quality control analyst or the queen's right-hand man. I don't have a, there's not a way to logic to it. So I will just go ahead and say it is the, her initial. Locking in with her initial, Mike. Well, first of all, has there ever been a female Q? Obviously there's a female M now with Judy Dench, but I didn't know, I don't know if there's ever been a female. I got M and Q mixed up. Sorry, but it doesn't matter. But no, that doesn't (laughs) matter. Um, I actually didn't know that it stood for anything, but I maybe I did subliminally because the first thing that popped into my head and it made sense, so I locked in was quartermaster. Oh, that does make sense. While it's not known if Ian Fleming specified that M could stand for minister, mm. it's also not known if Q could stand for quartermaster. However, that's the answer they're looking for. <laughs> Uh, quartermaster is what we're looking for. It's what it says on the card. Who cares if it's right or wrong? God, I'm loving these things. This is this fun. Is you, like, this is the risk that you run when you get these trivia games, especially the ones that aren't like you know really well vetted. It's like, hey, we're going to put whatever we want on a card, and we hope it sounds cool. Yeah. We'll be drunk anyway. You Good. won't know if it's right. Good times all around. All right, here we go. Question number five. Name the boy band star who had a role in Dunkirk. I can lock. Of course you can. Oh, shit. Oh, sh- um. I always get, I always get all these guys, all these guys mixed up. But I know it wasn't, it wasn't him. It had to be, it, it has to be, um, it has to be Harry Styles. I'll lock into Harry Styles. Locking in with Harry Styles, Chris. Uh, yeah, it's definitely Harry Styles. I remember Nolan talking about the casting, and he had some he had some reason for casting Harry Styles. God knows what it was. I just remember that and going, okay, well, if that's the biggest decision Nolan makes in this movie, it can't possibly be a bad one. And then, oh, that movie was confusing. That movie yeah. was confusing as hell. No, it's it's uh it's Harry Styles. All right, Chris is locked in with Harry Styles. Well, you may know him as the boy band star who put on a dress and made the world burn, uh, but we were looking for Harry Styles. Way to go, everybody. Ten points for both of you. Now, after round two, your point totals are 60 points for Chris and 90 points for Mike. 
Woohoo! Moving on to round number three. We are moving on to horror thriller. And this is where Chris picks up ground. I would. And not. this is where I know nothing about these questions and probably going to throw some softballs out there because I don't know nothing. Question number one Which actress starred in the thriller movie Girl on the Train? Locked in? I can lock in. Yeah. Mike is locked in. Chris, what's that face thinking? Uh, mm? girl on the train. It's it's not a newer movie. It's an older movie. I don't know who the hell it would have been. Nor can I. I can't necessarily even place what decade it was in. I know it's an older movie. So we're not going with American slashers. We're not going with modern horror. This is older. Girl on the train. I. Don't think I've ever actually seen it. Um. Oh, I want to go with what's her name's mother, and I can't think of what her name is. No way. Mike wouldn't know who that is. Never mind. I was gonna go with the mother of the main girl from the movie Cabin Fever, but Mike wouldn't know who that who that is. Uh. Oh. Now I know the movie. I just can't think of who the hell the woman is. Uh, God, I can't. I can't think of the the woman's name that I want to say. Why is Greta Garbo in my head? I have no idea. Did you no recently watch Grand Hotel? <laughs> what is her name? Ninochka. What the fuck is her name? Oh Lord. Um. I'm just going to lock in with the last name Lad. It's not her. That's that, that's the Jordan Lad's mom. And I know she's tied back to a horror movie, but it's not Woman on a Train. But I'll lock in with Lad. Chris has locked in with a name lady named Lad. Mike, what do you think here? I'm not sure what Chris is thinking of, but the girl on the train that I'm familiar with came out in like 2016. Me and Nikki saw it in theaters, and I'm pretty sure the actress who starred in it was Emily Blunt. I'm thinking of Strangers on a Train. I went back. Strangers to on a Train was a, a great Stanley Kubrick. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock movie. Sorry, I had to get a second one per cast of the early 50s. I was trying to go back that far. I, I was thinking of Strangers on a Train. You're right. It's I'm pretty sure it's Emily Blunt. Well, uh, the answer that we were looking for was Emily Blunt. Yeah. This is actually a pretty good movie. Uh, according to Google users, 84% liked this movie. Some people even remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Moving on to our second question in horror thriller. Which movie was directed by Oren Pelly and filmed on a digital camera in his home in 10 days? I know that name. I know that name. I've seen this movie, but I don't know. Not that. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. I was just going to lock in so you could talk it out. So you're locked, yes? Yes. So the first thing that came to mind is a movie called A Serbian Film, but I don't think it's a Serbian film. Uh, that movie, by the way, 
don't watch that movie unless you're really into really messed up stuff. No, th- yeah, don't watch that movie. <laughs> I think Oren Pelly, I think he's the guy that did the first Paranormal Activity. Um, and it kind of fits with the digital camera. I thought you when it, when you first heard the question, I thought you said cell phone, but no, a digital camera kind of fits. Uh, and then I think, if I remember correctly, the the studio that bought it made him go back and reshoot the ending to the new ending, which is that big shock with the guy flying back at the camera and all that. But I think it's the original Paranormal Activity. But I want to make sure that I'm not saying something stupid here because I've I've said the wrong movie before, the wrong answer before. I think Paranormal Activity is the one... It's the husband and wife in the house, right? And there's the creepy scene where he goes up into the attic and it's the... the, the Everything's moving because it's all shot in uh, night vision. No, it's got a, that. That's my guess. Paranormal Activity. I don't know what else it could be. All right. Chris Luxon with Paranormal Activity. Mike? <laughs> well, if I manage to walk bass backwards into this correct answer if Chris is right I will be dazzled because I literally said I don't fucking know paranormal activity I'll lock in so Chris can talk it out but I li- literally I was like well paranormal activity that's a found footage movie it's like I've never seen it uh, I know the shot I know that one famous shot which they at the end which they put on the poster that's all I know about paranormal activity but I did lock him up paranormal yeah that activity. shot wasn't in the original ending so if you actually get the DVD um, yes DVD version of it they had the original ending and they made him go. They didn't make him, but they asked him if he'd go back and reshoot the ending. And that's what they came up with. And that shot that make the ending is much better that way. While Oren Pelly did only direct one of the paranormal activity movies. It was also the one we were looking for. The first paranormal activity. I can't make up ground when I'm right. Way <laughs> to go. Blind Squirrel and the Acorn Theory on that one. We are moving on. Question number three. Who plays Detective Clarice Starling in the 1991 thriller Silence of the Lambs? I'll lock in. (laughs) I'm going to go on a limb and say this is another movie Jeff hasn't seen. Haven't seen it? Would have known the answer. Well, it's obviously Julianne Moore. Um, <laughs> nailed it. It's Jodie Foster. And uh, Mike? Uh, yes, Academy Award winner Jodie Foster. The answer we were looking for was Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Uh, it was it was Jodie Foster. <laughs> All right. Moving on to question number four. Who plays the title character in Dracula Untold? I'll lock in. All right. Mike's locked it in. Chris? Oh, God. Uh, so the only Dracula movie that's coming to head right now, coming to my head right now, is only James Woods. And I'm almost positive he wasn't Dracula in that. Uh, I think it was James Woods. Might have been James Earl Jones. I don't know. Uh, Dracula Untold. This is the recent one. Who would have played Dracula in Dracula Untold? I'm so glad they're picking all these relevant and, you know, popular films that definitely spawn multiple sequels. No, we're going with Dracula Unfreaking Told. Um, 
yeah, I don't have a better guess than James Woods. It's not right, but I know he was in a Dracula movie. So, James Woods. Or Edward James almost. It could be one of those two. Maybe James Earl Jones. <laughs> All right. Chris locks in with James Earl Jones Woods. <laughs> Mike? So, like Chris, I was pretty sure Dracula Untold was a more recent film. Unfortunately, I can only name three people who have played Dracula, and none of them were in Dracula Untold. Uh, it's not Gary Oldman, because he was only in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yep. Um, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't uh, Bela Lugosi. So I went with the third that I can name who played Dracula. I went with Christopher Lee. Even though I'm almost positive it's wrong. <laughs> uh, if it's Christopher Lee, I'm I'm quitting. I'm done. All right, we have Christopher Lee versus James Earl Jones Woods. <laughs> uh, you might know this guy as Bard the Bowman in The Hobbit. Nope. Or Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Luke Evans, yep. Damn it. The man we were looking for is Luke yep. Evans. Would never have gotten there in a million years. As soon as you said Beauty and the Beast, I'm like, oh, it's Luke Evans. Yep, that that's right. Question number five. Which thriller movie's title is an anagram of truths and lies? Could we get a decade? <laughs> like... <laughs> Although I guess if it, um, I guess if technically I guess if it's pre nineteen ninety seven, it's considered a classic. So I right. really this this really did narrow that thing down. Uh, if you both agree, I will give you the decade. I'd be happy to have a decade. I would too. Not gonna help, but yeah. All right, this movie is from the 2010s. Lovely. There's not even a um, like a letter that you can kind of focus in on here to, to try and. No, it there's down. not because they're all ob- they're all like very. Like there's not like a K or something that gets you like oh. No, I, I mean it's all. This is, yeah, this is a tough one for sure. I'm just going to grab my phone here. It's just going to make it easier for me to look. So just bear with me. I'm definitely not cheating. I've just been typing it on my, I mean, I've gone through, you guys know, I've gone, you guys know me. No, man, I'm just giving you hard. I'm not, I'm not, I've gone through three or four different logic streams here and I can't get to it. Um, okay. I'll lock in. All right, Michael. Um, I've played around with the, I'm, I'm, I'm working with like, let us, um, I, I have one thing that at least sounds like it could be the title of a movie. I've just never heard of it before, but this, if it's a horror, that's not complete. That's not remotely unusual. Um, I, I don't know that I'm going to get there in the interest of moving forward. I will lock in with what I managed to come up with, which um, was the last Druins. The last Druins. The last Druins. Very good. Chris? No, kind of the same boat. I started off with the... So... I, I started with the and I couldn't think I couldn't make that work in any way, shape, or form. Um I went over to let and I went to let us in or let the right one in, but neither one of those neither one of those fit. Even though let the right one in if you haven't seen that movie is phenomenal. Chris, oh I had the exact same thoughts. So that's pretty funny. That movie's amazing. 
Um, there was the movie The Ruins that was terrible, terrible, but that doesn't fit either. I locked it in with The Land Rust. Locking in with The Land Rust. So we have The Land Rust versus The Last Ruins. The movie that we're looking for has two words. The second of which is Island. The first one is Shutter. Oh, Shutter Island. Oh, oh, son of a Shutter Island. Oh man, never would have gotten there. I got, I got sidetracked on the. All right, very good. After round number three, we are halfway through our game. Mike has a lead of one twenty to eighty. Moving on to round number four, in which our questions will be coming from the movie quiz in the category of science fiction adventure. And this is not where they chose to put the Jurassic Park question. Keep that in <laughs> mind. That would be a classic, my friend. <laughs> that was a action, right? It was action. Oh, action. Right. Yeah, no, they saved classic but they for classic, classic movies saving too. Private Ryan. Right. Right. All right. Round number four, question number one. Agent Kruger uses slang words from which language in Elysium? I'll lock in. Locking in, Mike. Um the thing, it was this was the fall this was the I cannot pull up the director's name right now off the top of my head, but it was his follow it was a movie made after District Nine. Um, and he's a South African. So <laughs> I almost locked in with South African, and I'm like, I don't know if that's necessarily a language. Um, so, but I, I genuinely don't know. I'll say Swahili. Why not? Locking in with Swahili, Chris. Yeah, I said Swahili as well. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's Neil Blomkamp, Mike. It's uh, Neil Blomkamp. Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, yeah it's a uh, South African, and I went with. Uh, a widely spoken language in the continent of Africa. So that's the only logic I gave to it. All right. They picked out an African language. Uh, the language that we were looking for from Elysium, however, was Afrikaans. Afrikaans. That makes sense. That's what it, that's, that's what it was. Yep. That would have been a better guess because it would have been yep. the right guess. All right. Let's see what other ones I can stump y'all asses with. <laughs> I'm getting embarrassed tonight. In fairness, he's picking out the hardest questions, so. I Be very gentle with yourselves. I am attempting to pick out the hardest questions I can find. So we're on to question number two. What is Thor's home planet? I can lock in. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Christopher? Uh, right now it's Earth. Um... Ah! Surtur took care of that. Thank God. By the way, how epic was the uh, the fight scene with Surtur at the end of uh, Thor Ragnarok? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then when Hulk jumps into his mouth, oh, come on. No, it's Asgard. <laughs> Chris locked in with Asgard. Mike? Uh, yes, I also locked in with Asgard, although I don't even know if Earth qualifies as his home planet right now since he's flying around with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Got him. Sorry, spoiler alert. You're too late. And honestly, probably shouldn't listen to the show if you didn't know that. It's true. Question number three in our science fiction adventure category 
is George Lucas took the term Jedi from the Japanese Jedi Geki, meaning what? Hmm. Uh, I'll lock in. Chris is locked in. Mike. <laughs> I mean, like I thought samurai, but I'm pretty sure the Japanese word for samurai is samurai. Um, I thought for whatever reason, the other thing that popped into my head was warrior monk. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to get any better than that. So I'll, I'll, I'll lock that in. Why not? Warrior monk. Very good. Locking in with warrior monk. Chris. Uh, no. So I, I just kind of went back to what the Jedi were doing and how hesitant, um, like Yoda was to train him. And now that I think about it, uh, New Hope or Star Wars was before any of that happened, but I went with uh, Darkness Warrior because they did not want to train people who even could potentially lead to the dark side. Some very good logic all around. It means potato chip, doesn't it? Uh, the correct answer that we were looking for, Jedi Geki, means period drama. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just... I did, I did. What? So, Jedi Geki is a genre of film, television, video game, or theater in Japan that literally means period dramas. They're most, most often set during the Edo period of Japanese history from 1603 to 1868. I guess that makes sense. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, yeah, that is that is interesting. But that is definitely is, interesting. Yeah, that's one. Uh, that's a word it. for that. Mm-hmm. I will say oh, this: right. I will definitely forget that fact by the time this recording is over. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to question number, I believe, four. Could be wrong. Who knows anymore? Who plays the main role in Cloud Atlas? I can lock in. Chris is locked. Mike? I've never seen the movie. I've read the book. The book is phenomenal. Read it. Uh, honestly, read everything by David Mitchell. He's great. There really is no main role in Cloud Atlas, the book, because uh, it spans like seven time periods. And uh, But I believe uh, Tom Hanks was the, the star of Cloud Atlas, so I will lock in with Tom Hanks. And Christopher? Uh, he's the top build person in the movie. I went with Tom Hanks. Everyone's locked in with Tom Hanks. The answer we were looking for is Tom Hanks. Autumn Shank himself. Was that the one? Was uh, like Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis in that as well? Or am I thinking of a different Wachowski sibling movie? That's a different one. I different didn't see one, that somewhat one. similar. I feel like Hugh Grant was in it in one of the time periods. The Wachowskis did that though, uh, right? Again, I never saw maybe. it. I wanted to see it. Halle Berry, Jim Sturgis, Hugo Weaving. Yep, the Wachowskis did it. Okay. Well, so, yeah, I was going to say it's the Wachowskis, so Hugo Weaving is going to be in it. Well, what was course. the one? The, the Wachowskis did one with with uh, Myla Kunis and Channing Tatum. That was... was Jupiter Ascending? That's the Jupiter one? Jupiter Ascending? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ascending. Yeah. Speaking of bad movies. Mm. Yeah. And other bad movies. Let's see. Question number five and our last question in a science fiction adventure is what was the name of the virtual reality world in the 2018 movie Ready Player One? I'll lock in. Mike? I was debating going ahead and locking in. Uh, this this movie can't... 
it's one of those movies that came out after our daughter was born. I never got around to seeing it. I've never read the book. Um, the, I know they say it in the preview, which is what I'm trying to go on. I'm trying to get there. For some reason, I think it starts with an O, and I'm going through O words in my head. <laughs> um, but that, I could just be way off base there, so... Uh, I'll just I'll just bow out. I don't have a, I don't have a good guess. I don't have anything. I'll just say the O zone because I don't, I have no idea. But just to have a guess, I I don't have a leg to stand on out of anything. All right, Mike is locked in with the O zone. Chris, uh, so the Ernest Klein book, uh, movie was done by um, Spielberg. I know. Oh, I was I, was, I wasn't sure if you were about to dramatic say Hitchcock. Effect. So oh, there's three. That's I know three. that's three. I'm sorry. It's a movie trivia quiz. I got up my game. Okay, well, I, I can up your game here. It's the Oasis, bitch. Ah! I'm actually. I, I actually just started reading the sequel. Uh, I got it for Christmas. I have any player two. Um, I love the the first movie. Not the first movie. The first book is amazing. The movie's fine. It's visually stunning. The book itself is insane, and the second book so far has been nothing sort of short of spectacular. So, no, the Oasis. All right, the answer we were looking for is the Oasis. All right, after the fourth round, that answer pulls Chris within 30. He now says 110 to Mike's 140. Round number five. Question number one. Your category is in comedy. Comedy. Okay. Comedy. Ugh. Ew. Russell Crowe starred alongside which popular actor in The Nice Guys? All right, I can lock in. All right, Mike's locked in. So I think this is Shane, a Shane Black film, Russell Crowe, and I believe it's Ryan Gosling. I've seen the movie. It's been a, about a year or so since I've seen it, and it was pretty good. I actually really like it. I like, uh, for the most part, Shane Black's writing, but uh, I'll go with Ryan Gosling. All right, Chris locked in with Ryan Gosling. Uh yeah, unlike Chris, I've actually never seen the movie. I really wanted to. I thought it looked really good, and I, but I was pretty sure it was him, and it was Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, so I also rock, locked in with Ryan Gosling. They both locked in with Ryan Gosling, and they are both getting points. It's slow. It's a slower movie, which is just weird for a Shane Black film, but yeah, it's enjoyable. It's a, it's a fun watch. You forget how good of an actor Russell Crowe actually is when he, ha- when he actually has to act. Question number two. In which comedy movie did James Franco run into a tree during filming, causing him to get three stitches? Spider-Man 3. Yeah. This pie is so good. 127 hours. Yeah. That great, that great James Franco comedy. <laughs> Such a great one. The subsequent Academy Awards that he hosted was pretty damn hilarious, although possibly not intentionally. <laughs> uh... I will go ahead and lock in with what is likely an incorrect answer. All right, Mike's locked in. Chris, I'm writing a few of them down right now. It uh, it it was not multiple choice, Chris. I know. I'm trying to uh, hold on. Hold on. What was that harmony? The harmony movie he did. Uh, Spring Breakers. Oh shit! I didn't even think about that one. Okay, so I've got four written down. These are, like, to me, the four James Franco comedies that I think of. Um, three of them are with Seth Rogen. Uh, so I've got, uh, I think he was in This is the End. I think he's one of the guys in This is the End. I've got uh, 
the interview. I've got Pineapple Express and then Spring Breakers, which is not a Seth Rogen movie. Uh, Harmony, Harmony Cordine, I think is the name. Kareen. Of the Kareen. Harmony Kareen is the name of the director. Uh, and I've never actually been a huge fan of his. Uh, but for some reason, Spring Breakers is listed as a comedy. I've seen This is the End. I've seen the interview, and I've seen I've seen three of these four movies. I don't remember him running into a tree. Although This is the End would kind of make the most sense, but I kind of felt like This is the End was a more self-contained film. I feel like it all kind of took place in the one house. Why would he run into a tree in the interview? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Pineapple Express actually does, because I think they're running from like people trying to shoot them. So I'm going to lock in Pineapple Express. Chris is locked in Pineapple Express. Mike? Uh, same exact logic. Uh, only one of the James Franco comedies that I could think of was an action comedy, and it was Pineapple Express. And that, to me, it seemed like he'd most likely run into a tree during an action comedy. So I locked in with Pineapple Express. Makes sense, because it was right. Everybody gets points. I can't gain ground on you today, man. I just can't. And we are moving on to question number three. Which British comedian has a starring role in Muppets Most Wanted? Oh, locked in. Mike is locked in. Christopher, you're up. I'm not a Muppets guy. You said British and Muppets, and I'm like, oh, it's Michael Caine. It's not Michael Caine. Huh. Also, not a comedian. I, I feel like, I feel for some reason, I feel like Ricky Gervais might have been in a Muppets movie, and I don't know why I feel that way. So I'm going to go Ricky Gervais. Because the only other Muppets movie I can think of, I think, was Jason Siegel and Tina Fey, and it's not that. And I honestly don't know the time period for this, so British comedian, Ricky Gervais. Chris is locked in with Ricky Gervais. Mike? Uh, well, Chris, this was the movie with uh, Jason Siegel and Tina Fey. Uh, Jason Siegel was also in the prior movie, The Muppets, but all that being said, you're correct. It was Ricky Gervais. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Playing the main antagonist, I believe, the correct answer is Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I still can't catch up ground when I luck back myself into one. Ah. <laughs> oh. All right, our next question is one of my favorite. What is the name of the university Becca attends in Pitch Perfect? Oh, for sucks fake. No explicit tag tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, I already dropped an F-bomb earlier. Oh, my bad. No, you get PG-13, you get one. That's right. Unless you're the American president, in which case you get three. Uh, also, uh, oh, what's that movie called? Oh, Helen Hunt, Jack Nicholson. Um, oh, As Good As It Gets. That's as right. Good As It Gets had three as well. These things we know. What the <laughs> fucking university was in Pitch Perfect? I have no idea. <laughs> Oh. All right, I'll I'll lock in. All right, Mike's locked in. Chris, I've seen all three of these movies because my wife loves the love the first one. Um, the second one I think was Elizabeth Banks that directed it. It's one of the movies that kind of got her started in the directing field. Uh, I it's the Bellas, and I want to say it's an alliterative name, so I think the Barden Bellas sounds right. And if they're called the Barden Bellas, I would assume they're from a college named Barden. So I'm going Barden. Chris is locked in with Barden, Mike. That's a really good way to get there. Um, I yeah, I I saw the first movie. It was the only one that Nikki made me watch. Um, 
I had nothing to stand on. I knew they. I knew that everything was Aka something, so I said Aka you. Mike went with Aka you. Uh, the answer we were looking for is Barden. Yeah, he yeah uh, he got he got it. Yes, I was pretty sure Barden. That's where I make up ground. A freaking. Are you kidding me? Pitch perfect questions where I make up ground in this damn game. I couldn't make up a single freaking lick in the the horror and suspense and thriller category, but the freaking Barden Bellas, I pick up ground on that. Are you kidding me right now? I'm done. I'm done. I think the funny thing is there's nobody here that's surprised. Nope. Not at all. Question number five. In the movie Paul, who provides the voice of the title character? Oh. Locked in. Locked in. All right. Mike's locked in. Chris? Yeah, this is the uh, the movie that Simon Pegg and Nick Frost did without Edgar Wright. Um, almost positive it is Seth Rogen. All right, Chris locked in with Seth Rogen. Mike? I also locked in with Seth Rogen. All right. Everyone's locked in with Seth Rogen. The answer we were looking for is most definitely Seth Rogen. Well done to the both of you. Underrated movie. I actually enjoy it. It, it really is. Michael, uh, that Jason was the one where he plays like an alien. Yeah, yeah, Jason Bateman's really good in it. I, as that was the first thing I was going to say is Jason Bateman is awesome in that movie. He's so funny. Sigourney Weaver at the end, she's like the big bad. Yep. Spoiler that's right. alerts from a movie that came out in like 2007. But, hey. I love that. It's a fun movie. I actually own it. it, I, it, rented it on, I rented it at Redbox and never returned it. So not because it was that good, just because I'm that lazy. Damn it, Chris. You gained some, some good ground on me on that one. I gained 10 points. The last two rounds then. Yeah, after the last two rounds, Chris has pulled within 20 again, and it is now 160 to 180. We have come to our climax, and we are on to our final round. Our final round is going to be a wager round, in which I will give you three categories, and you will be able to wager up to the totality of your points. Here are your categories. Now remember, everything, of course, is movie-related. But your subcategories will be geography, cameos, and awards shows. When you're ready, text me your wagers, and we will go ahead and get started. All right, the wagers are in... I have a bad feeling about this. That's not how the force works. Question number one. In which university city is the theory of everything set? Oh. I can lock in. All right. Mike is locked in. Chris? Is it Cambridge or Oxford? I don't know if Oxford is set in Oxford or... Oxford's the bigger university. Why wouldn't you have him working at the biggest university in England? Lord. This is not an easy one. He didn't say they would be. I know. I just can't remember where he freaking taught or where he where he studied. I don't remember what university it was, and it's pissing me off. Um... It didn't help that the first half, first 
time, my first time thinking through this, I was thinking of Alan Turing. That didn't help at all. Nah. <sighs> Theory of everything. Although he did beat out Benedict Cumberbatch for the best acting Oscar, and I still think that's bullshit. Uh, I agree. Benedict Cumberbatch deserved the Oscar that year. Um, I can't. I uh, I can't go away from Oxford. I'll go Oxford. I don't know. I don't even know if that's the city that it's in. I thought Oxford was in Cambridge, but I don't know anything about British stuff. So, Oxford. All right, locking in with Oxford. Mike. Well, I locked in with Cambridge. All right, and Mike has locked in with Cambridge. We will find out later which one of these is correct. Moving on to question number two in cameos. What was Dan Aykroyd's cameo role in the 2017 version of Ghostbusters? I can lock in. Mike is locked in. Chris? I think I can lock in, too. I... Dan Aykroyd's done a couple of different cameos in different movies. In one movie, he's a New York City cab driver, and I don't know if that's the Ghostbusters movie, but I think it is, so also he was a cab driver. Chris is locked in with cab driver. Mike? Yeah, he was a cab driver. That's why I was was like, he was just a cab driver. It wasn't like a role, per se, but he was just a cab driver. He said, I ain't afraid of no ghost. That's it, yep. All right, both have locked in with cab driver. We are moving on to question number three. In awards shows, which was the first science fiction movie to win Best Picture at the Oscars? I, I will lock in with as close as I can get to science fiction. All right. Mike has locked in with as close as he can get. Chris, let's hear some other words. No, so I mean, you know, it's you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but that Lost Chariots of Fire, so that's out. Um, you get the, you get the like the the eighties are weird, uh, but I don't think anything from the eighties would have won, no matter how good those movies might have been, aka Blade Runner or something like that. But Blade Runner definitely didn't win; it probably wasn't even nominated. Uh, the only one the, the science fictions are throwing me off because I don't think this movie is science or fiction. I think it's more of a fantasy film. But I know it won Best Picture is Return of the King. Um, so I think that's going to be my best guess. What's what's giving me hesitation is like um, I'm almost positive like the the original like the Day the Earth Stood Still or something like that from the the early 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 years. But then it would be in the classics category, right? No, no, because it wasn't from 1994. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, because it's not necessarily science fiction. It's not really science It's all fiction fantasy. But, you know, I've walked around this for seven or eight hours, and I feel like that's long enough for me to realize that I want to be bored with 37 endings in one movie. <laughs> Oh, before we get stuck on Chris's rant of Lord of the Rings. It would still not take four hours for me to end my rant, by the way. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Let's see what Mike locked in with. Uh, Mike had almost the exact same thought process. Um, and the closest I could get to a science fiction film was the uh, fantasy film. That's why I was getting, that's why I was going there. Uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Uh, so that's what I locked in with. Okay, they both locked in with Lord of the Rings. How fascinating. It's going to come down to that first All question. All right. Let, Damn. Let, 
Let's do a quick rundown of our answers and scores. The first question is, in which university city is the theory of everything set? Mike, you had said... Cambridge. You had said Cambridge, and you had wagered how much? 60. And Chris, you had said... Oxford. And wagered how much? 60. Oh, the answer we were looking for is Cambridge. Question number two. What was Dan Aykroyd's cameo role in the 2017 version of Ghostbusters? I believe you both locked in with Cab Driver. The answer we were looking for is Cab Driver. Uh, Waiters on question number two. Chris had 70 and Mike had 60. Moving on to question number three. What was the first science fiction movie to win Best Picture at the Oscars? Chris, you locked in with... Return of the King. Return of the King. And Mike also locked in with Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Chris, how much did you wager on this question? I wagered the rest of my points, 30. And Mike? I wagered the rest of my points, 60. Guys are real original. Well, with that, you both have lost points. The answer that they were looking for, I claim nothing here, was The Shape of Water. Interesting. I I failed to see how The Shape of Water is a science fiction film and Return of the King is a fantasy film. All right, glad I hadn't seen that one. Well, after our final round and our five rousing rounds before that, we have declared a winner. With a win of 100 points more than Chris, Mike has won with 240. Well done, everyone. Well done. I was very afraid, as you both know, how uh, this game could have gone uh, based on some of the questions I had originally seen and glad that it turned out the way that it did. Agreed. There were some really good questions in there. There were. But yeah, that was a whole lot of fun. Um, Especially because I Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I mean, it's always great to win. I I, I think I haven't won. I feel like I haven't won in like 10, 10 of the last episodes that I've been in, so... Uh, yeah, so, Chris, where can you find us on the internet? Well, I, I, I already run the internet stream, so I know where to find us. But for our listeners, for our listeners... Where could they find us? Uh, PubTriviaExperience.com. Instagram and Facebook is at PubTriviaExperience. Twitter is at PubTriviaPod. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show, if you want to come out and beat me at trivia, because apparently it's something that's very, very easy to do, PubTriviaExperience at gmail.com. And that's the all editing makes it easy. The edi- editing makes it seem easier than it actually is. That's true. Ain't that the truth? All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Uh, it was a blast, and we hope to see you all on the next show. For the Pub Trivia Experience, I have been Jeff. I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. Thanks again. We'll see you on the next show. <laughs>